you know how when you were a kid and you did something stupid, didn't really know it was stupid, but it was stupid, mm. and 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 then you got in trouble and you, and you tried to blame someone else, and yes, parents always saw right through that, and then even even today, I, I, let's stay with with the kid analogy to make me feel better, where nice. there's you know where you knew something was a bad idea, you knew uh, it was gonna go wrong, like yep. you, there was no question. And you did it anyway, and then that's exactly what happened. Yep. That's that's kind of the Calvinism debate right there. <laughs> <laughs> There's some things you like, what, what what side are you on? Is, is are you are you freely uh, doing something and it just turns out to be stupid, or does somebody know it's going to be stupid and then it just simply happens? <laughs> got the dummies ben and jj coming at you with wisdom from the bible and beyond this is dummies with wisdom we're doing the uh, the calvinism debate today uh thanks Finally. to a question written in by becca um We've been thinking about doing this Shout for quite out. a while, uh, but we were just predestined not to. Um, yeah. And so we free willingly, free willingly complied. <laughs> <laughs> we free, free willy. <laughs> free willy. <laughs> we free, we freed willy as we were predestined to, and now we are here. Amen. <laughs> so the question was simply just what do we think about um, Calvinism versus Arminianism? And just to give a um, real quick overview, there's there's a lot more that goes into into these trains of thought, these schools of thought. Uh, it, it really relies upon our view of the sovereignty of God versus the the human responsibility or the free will of man. Calvinism is typically classified by the acronym TULIP, uh, meaning total depravity, unconditional election, limited atonement, irresistible grace, and perseverance of the saints. Um, total depravity, we're all sinners, we're all depraved. Unconditional election, we are chosen unconditionally. There's nothing that makes God choose one person over the other other than just his sovereignty. Limited atonement, Jesus' death, um, it was for uh, those who would be saved only. Irresistible grace, uh, when God chooses you and calls you, you cannot resist his grace, you will be saved. Perseverance of the saints, meaning you'll you'll that those who are saved will persevere to the end. That's kind of the once saved, always saved uh, mentality. And then Arminianism um, really stresses the uh, the free will of man. Uh, if you go far enough into Arminianism, you know, far enough to that side, it, it's that we choose God rather than God choosing us first. Um, as far as the process mm-hmm. of salvation, not as far as like, you know, Jesus goes. Just uh, right. how our, our response is it? Is it brought on by us or brought on by God? Uh, Calvinism would say brought on by God. Arminianism again, far sides of both camps. Arminianism would say that it's brought on by us. Um, so I'll give the background. Right. Have at it. What do you think? Yeah. Um, I mean, initially, I fall pretty close to in the middle um, of both camps. Uh, and given you know, even after this conversation, I'll probably you know flex to one way or another compared to where it started but i think like i definitely there's there's some sort of middle ground between this predestination free will right, right. conversation i think the big thing that is consistently missed not i mean this could be good, going across a lot of different topics 
amongst you know believers and when we look through scripture but i don't think i don't think either one of these uh i don't think calvinism or armenianism really hits home the entirety of because i think a lot of it why it's such a t- touchy topic is a lot of it does have to do with the nature of who god is and the right. nature of who we are which are two extremely important things um me and you would both say that this isn't something that we want to put into like like these topics itself that we want to put into like the core aspect of our faith and this is something that we would want to and hope that we can debate with people and try to come to a better understanding of my own belief is i'm not going to probably come to the 100 percent understanding of what the truth is when well, it comes to do, this wrong. topic right and i think that's where i think that's where we fail as if you if you put your foot in the ground and draw your line in the sand of where you're going to fight this battle for one i don't think you should be fighting the battle here um but if that's what you're doing i i would make an argument that you're you're probably already missing the point right yeah i, I would definitely fall somewhere in the middle too um I don't know which which side of the middle I would fall on because I I am very heavy um, into the sovereignty of God, which is very Calvinistic. Um, I think yeah. that's and I think that God comes to us before we choose Him, but I do think we choose Him once He comes to us. And sure. um, a lot of Calvinists will agree with that, but they really won't because of the irresistible grace. Where I think that right. you know there's there's something at play there with God's sovereignty mm-hmm. and knowing who will be saved, and I guess. Um, for lack of better terminology, who can be saved? There's, right. you know, there's God is so infinite and in everything that we we can't even come close to understanding. And I think that's that's the problem with this debate is is there's there's definitely truth on both sides. And I think to yeah. to reject that is to reject. Um, I mean, there's 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 a lot of theology wrapped up in that, and you know, one side stresses God's sovereignty and God's sovereign choice, which is definitely there throughout scripture. I mean, that's what the entire old Testament is, is God choosing Israel. But mm. then I think the, you can't go, if you, if you go so far to that side, then you have to lose human responsibility because right. I was just, uh, uh, my wife and I were, were reading through something in judges. Um, it, one of the, you know, 1500 times that Israel comes back to God and then leaves again. And I said, mm. okay, if, if we're going to look at this as God choosing people, then, Israel can't be blamed for turning on God because God chose this generation and then decided not to choose that one. And mm. when I when I read something like that, did God know it was going to happen? Absolutely. Did he like? Did he know the fall was going to happen with Adam and Eve? Adam and Eve? Absolutely. But to say that God allowed something and knew it was going to happen is different than saying he's the cause of something. I think that gets us on really dangerous ground if we start saying that God is the cause of of suffering and the cause of our sin essentially like well that the cause of saying he's the cause of sin would be completely anti-biblical um the cause of suffering i i i again he he might be the cause of why we go into the suffering but he's not the cause of the suffering and i think that that's where that's where where calvinism can have it wrong where arminianism on the other hand stresses like our sovereignty so much again depending on how far you go into these camps because there's a whole spectrum but mm-hmm. when you when you put the weight on us instead of god that throws a lot of stuff into question too you know i've talked to people who um you know this isn't necessarily part of arminianism but i've talked to people who who believe that though god has the capacity to know everything he freely chooses not to know everything mm. uh for whatever reason i've, I've heard sure. a few a few explanations of that uh-huh. but 
like you, you get that kind of stuff called into question then. And I, that's, I, in the end, even Calvinists will admit some of the Arminian stuff, even though they don't recognize it. And Arminians will recognize the, the Calvinistic side on, on certain, on certain mm. uh, uh, topics within this discussion and saying that, or just recognizing that shows that there is truth on both sides. And if somebody listening to this wants to really uh, dive into this whole debate, uh, Norman Geisler has a great yeah. book called chosen, but free where mm-hmm. he tries to kind of bridge the gap and show how both sides are, are there. But yeah, to, to say um, that it's, it's one way or the other, or maybe it's neither. I don't know if yeah. that's uh, logically well, possible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no kidding (laughs) but Um, but neither camp has it completely right if if it was possible for one of these camps to be completely right we wouldn't still be having this debate today yeah i think i I loved what you said had to say about like both camps will like will agree to a certain extent what the other camp has but not admit it and i think that just like a little caveat i think that's right that's that's all you have to really say on that of where we're failing not just in this topic but in a lot of different topics but i think another thing that i see inconsistencies on both sides just kind of big picture is where um you have a certain it's like you have a certain set of rules when it comes to sal- like the salvation aspect of the conversation but then if you were to inject like sanctification in our own growth and just life outside of that that one point in time of salvation the rules somehow change yeah. so like what you're talking point. about it was like you know the old testament you know we're seeing all these different things of you know the the cycle of um humanity's sinful nature and our coming back to you and recognizing who the lord is and you see that in the old testament you see that in the new testament you also see points of like you said that god is coming to us that he's presenting this to us um there's been i've you know you can dive into a lot of stuff but for me personally i don't see how i don't see how the not only the lord but also at the basic of our own human nature there i think there is consistency and i don't see how you can make the argument that um god for example how we could be predestined to um receive salvation and to receive that gift that he's given us but then after the fact it all of a sudden swaps because i've seen a lot of um calvinists especially go to this like go to this extent to kind of incorporate a little bit of the free will into just yeah. everyday life that we see and is obviously evident that i just don't see how you can have where we receive this um what's the word not irrevocable but um like not automatic why can't i think of this like this to receive this gift that we basically have to give into when we like where you're talking about like the irresistible grace but then as soon as that happens we revert to kind of our free will state yeah. and now we have the you know the ability to choose what is right and wrong and go down that path like it's it's a lot easier for me to even i'm not on this um side of the conversation but it's a lot easier for me to get on board and say okay if i am going to be if i've been grafted in and i have the salvation because because god chose me to have it then in a lot of ways now i'm trying to grapple with the fact and i've heard a lot of people talk about this of okay so basically i'm just in this big story and my right and wrong if this is how it is it's how it is but my right and wrong and what i do and my mistakes and like the good things you know that i may do 
however that plays out that just kind of falls into the story it has nothing to really do with me whatsoever you know and i don't i don't see that at all in scripture i don't see that you know lining up with the uh with the character of god and the purpose of what god is god did in creating this universe and us even when we reverted to our worst selves yeah and then you could flip the entire conversation around and you know everything that i just said opposite i've heard the same conversations on the armenian side it's okay i don't I don't see there's a lot of areas where it is pretty evident that the Lord has his hand and is doing something and controlling controlling what's going on in his creation that I think is rejected by the Armenian side as well. Right. And I, I, I think that there's, you know, I think a lot of this question could really be answered on when you read, when you read prophecy and then how prophecy was fulfilled, was, was that prophecy fulfilled because God forced it to be fulfilled or because God worked through human events and, you know, flexed his sovereignty, but mm-hmm. worked through humanity to, to make these events come about. And again, like working in foreknowledge there and everything. When we, there's, um, how do you want to say it's in Malachi? Wherever it is that it's prophesied that Jesus would be born in Bethlehem. I've, I'm pretty it's sure. Somewhere in the, in the book of yeah. the 12 there. I, I want to say it's Malachi. Um, I'm pretty sure it's Malachi. If if you look at I, I read uh, Killing Jesus by Bill O'Reilly and it's it's mm. not a religious book it's literally just like the history of leading up to the crucifixion and basically the reason I mean in the Bible the reason that Joseph that Mary and Joseph went to Bethlehem was because of the census the like the the chain of events of that census can be gone all the way back to like two like when when Mark Antony deserted caesar or whatever like that's what started the chain of events that ended in caesar augustus um declaring a census and sending mary and joseph to to bethlehem so like in in that do do we read that as god forced the census to happen or like all these things happen and god definitely had his hand at work but it was these people making stupid decisions that in the end caused mary and joseph to end up in bethlehem it's all right. part of this philosophical framework of where you fall between uh, free will versus determinism and compatibilism on, you know, do we have free will just in life, let alone, let alone right. salvation. That's more, that goes more into philosophy than theology. Um, and sure. so it's, I'm, I'm not going to go into all that, but it's, it's all part of this, you know, bigger outlook on life, this, this bigger philosophy and where we fall in that, how we see God at work over that. And how do all the pieces fit together? And we, we just don't know. And if mm-hmm. if we get to heaven and I found out that what I what I thought was wrong, I don't really care. Yeah. Because I'm gonna be right anyway. So <laughs> 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 um, but why why don't we just uh why don't we just go go through tulip and just uh you know real quick, like do we agree or disagree? So uh yeah. the, the total depravity, I would say I agree. Yeah, I'd say I agree. Yep. All right. Uh, you unconditional election? I'd say I don't agree, but it's like it's close. I think there's caveats. So I would say I agree, but not in the way that Tulip really means it. Right. There are yep. there are um that that's what Calvinism comes down to in Arminianism. It's, it's how we interpret the same passages in the Bible. Um, you can interpret election as being individual election, like each individual person, or corporate election. God chose the church. God chose Israel. He didn't choose every single Israelite. He chose Israel. So I would agree with unconditional election just on a corporate scale, not an individual scale. 
let's see where are we at l uh limited, uh, atonement. limited atonement uh i agree see, this one's tricky because there's he there we don't believe in universalism that everybody just goes to heaven because the blood of jesus covers all sin you have to accept it so right. in that sense there is like a sense of limited atonement yeah uh, because that's it, what I, probably it's, agree it's with. offered to all but but limited as to who it actually applies to but at the same time like all of god's grace is centered on the cross so right. every good thing in this life is is an extension of grace and so I don't really know. Like I, I, I don't I don't fully agree per se, because again, that's that's tied into election as well. Yeah. Like we're, the part that I agree because if we're gonna kind of like I don't think any of Tulip I would say I agree with in its entirety the way that it's like said. Well, but total I think depravity. when it comes to Well to pull total depravity, sure. But limited atonement I think I don't see atonement happening until you receive salvation. So in that sense, like, yeah, I would agree with limited atonement because it's given, I see it as given out in that moment. If that makes Fair sense. Enough. Like sin itself was atoned for, obviously. And I think that was, that is covered. Like that aspect is covered and that like, that wipes the slate clean as far as like sin is defeated. But right. when it comes to us personally, which is what the conversation's about, you know, um, I think that when you are saved, that is when it is at that point, then the atonement comes in. So I think of the five, I've always seen the L as like the lesser of the five because I'm like, okay, well, that's just something that's naturally going to happen, whether or not you believe in it. Because in my mind, if you're going to say that everything's atoned for, I yeah. I think I can truly have a pretty good argument of saying, okay, like if we start walking down this rabbit hole, is everybody like we're getting to a like catholic kind of like we're going like purgatory like are we going like at some point everyone's got this like you know like not necessarily that i could like win the argument but i think i make a pretty strong conversation of like yeah. all right i think there's stages of the salvation which i don't agree with right yeah, so i think i think we mostly agree there that you it de- depends on kind of how you look at it and what necessarily how you're applying that whether it's just like common grace or actual you know salvation uh so the eye irresistible grace disagree yeah i would disagree too again because this is talking about that if god chooses us we cannot resist him which if you <laughs> if you disagree with the premise of that you're not going to come to the conclusion at all <laughs> yeah um <laughs> and then uh the perseverance of the saints and uh we've had a lot of conversations about <laughs> just this one i think i agree see i I, I disagree because I think it is possible to lose your salvation, not in a sense of like sinning your way out of salvation, but people who come to the faith say that they're saved and then like outright reject the faith later in life. Um, you know, a Calvinist would say he was never truly saved. Perseverance of the saints and preservation of the saints are two different things coming from two different sides. Perseverance right. of the saints is from the human angle. Preservation is from the God angle. And right. so I definitely agree with the preservation of the right. saints that God will yeah. preserve. Like we, he's not just going to like suddenly be like, yeah, no, don't right. want to save anymore. But I think that they're, if, and that, that's where this whole, like the whole framework comes in of, if you think that God has chosen us, then you have to believe that. You, you cannot yeah. say that God has chosen us and then suddenly we just like, we don't persevere because God decided later not to choose us. Like that doesn't, that just is, that's not a valid 
argument sure. at all. But if you yeah. believe that there's free will in that, then you believe that as we freely accepted God, regardless of the backstory of that, then we can also freely reject God. I think where I kind of fall on that like last part, like obviously everything you said, the only thing that makes me hesitate with like full on being on board with the perseverance aspect of it is that I like what you're saying. I've seen enough inscription not to convince me fully, but to say maybe there it like there is a possibility that one could get to the end of it. This gets into like what is the unforgivable sin type of like right. thing, which I kind of like. I, there's no backing to it, but the only thing I could really come up with is like, okay, I'm sitting here and I am putting my fist at God, saying I want no part of this. You know, like I'm and like not just saying that. But there's something deep, deep down inside me that is like, like that is what I am doing, you know? And I've seen that a couple of times in scripture. Still, I can have some, like, I'm not convinced that's necessarily what it is, but I've seen enough of stuff to, you know, I'm still want to question it. Or I think it's up for, you know, a reasonable debate, I guess. Right, right. Hebrews six. That's that's what I was thinking of, and that's that's like where the whole thing hinges on on what people believe about Hebrews six. Uh, it yeah. says in verse four and following, for it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the Word of God and the powers of the age to come, and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance, since they are crucified once again, so on and so forth, and even like um, I think the. Uh, the parable of the seeds, you know, some mm. fell along the path, some along the thorns and everything. I think that has something that, that could be, could be applied there as well. And, you know, you might disagree with me. Um, that's fine. The, the, yeah. cause the, uh, with a lot of this stuff it re- in the end, it really doesn't make that huge of a difference. You know, if, if the debate is whether, you know, Steve over here who has rejected the faith now, was he saved to begin with, or did he lose his salvation? Does it really matter at this point? Like, the point is sure. Steve is not saved. And, I mean, he obviously doesn't want any part of it. So, like, you go forward in life. Like, it shouldn't... I think the biggest part, and probably is probably where you're getting, getting at, sorry. But, like, it should not change our day-to-day, like, what we are actionably doing. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we get so caught up in the weeds with this conversation. And at the end of it, when you back away... And you like when you look at it from like a like applicational level, you're still going to share the gospel the same way. You're still going right. to encourage your fellow believers the same way. You should still live your life the same way. Like you shouldn't live your life any better or worse because you might lose your salvation or not, or you were grafted into this, or this was freely, or that you freely chose to follow the Lord in this way. You know, like that should not change applicationally and your day-to-day life whatsoever right i mean like um i've I've, you know i've heard it said before that if we're in in our evangelism either that person is chosen or they're not or on the other hand they're either going to freely respond or they're not Mm -hmm. like we we don't regardless of which side is true or both sides or whatever we have no idea so that shouldn't that shouldn't change how we approach it, and really, just as a as a whole, we we shouldn't really, I don't think, be pushing one of these uh, one or the other. I've I've been to some Calvinist churches. I, I've never really been to an art, a church where they really pushed Arminianism. It was just kind of an understood thing. I've yeah. been to churches where they really, really pushed Calvinism to the point where, like, I wanted to walk out. Right. And the problem is when 
is, is that we we shouldn't be pushing one of these to the it's not a core doctrine it can have mm. it can have effects that can reach into yeah. that core doctrine but it's it's as a whole i would say probably probably pretty tertiary doctrine um again maybe some aspects of it fall into to secondary or so but um as it sits it should it should not be more than than tertiary doctrine and i i saw an ad on on facebook the other day that it was like if you donate um so much money or if you donate any money to this ministry they'll send you rc sproul's uh commentary on romans and he's a very um very staunch he was he's he died a few couple years ago but he was a very staunch calvinist um has a lot of teaching on that on that kind of stuff and it's it's good teach though i disagree with it he is a very good teacher and on stuff that isn't calvinism like i i like his stuff um but that's not really the point. The point being, all sure. the comments under it were people either talking about how Sproul is a genius and um, people who aren't Calvinism Calvinists are wrong, or that Calvinism is a false teaching and all these guys are going to hell. And it was, yeah. it, it was, it, I mean, it's really pathetic when when that's where we're at, where it's either that this is a complete false doctrine and therefore R.C. Sproul is a false teacher, or if you don't abide by him, then you're wrong there's right it's it's not it's not that central to our faith it, it it can play out in ways that we can make it central but if if that's where we're where we're hanging our hat at the end of the day is on whether it's the sovereignty of god or the, or the free will of man then we're missing the point entirely and i think so often we look when we're looking into this topic 80 percent of people i talk to the only reason they know anything about it is because for one it's a common topic among just believers that comes right. up and they're looking it up to kind of build up their own spears to win the argument. Whereas instead, if you unpack this topic and like what's involved with it, like we said a couple of things that is like really, really cool when you start really unpacking it and like opening up scripture and it has nothing to do with this debate. It leads down these rabbit trails of like, I love the, like we had one where it was, um, we had the study and it led us through, we're kind of in the predestination Arminianism, Arminianism conversation yeah. but it led down these rabbit trails and by like the end of the six months study or whatever we had gone into like we had like two or three weeks of passages that were just on like what's it like to follow the lord to choose to follow like, it wasn't like a, okay we're gonna win this argument it's like okay what is, what do these applicationally have for us today in these topics that are have to do with this and you know just seeing how the disciples follow jesus and how but then how you know hey they were chosen as well but then even look in the old testament and like unpacked the genealogy of jesus for like three weeks under the guise of calvinism and armenianism you know and yeah. at the end of it it didn't really have anything to do but you when we went through this and it was like hey the lord most definitely has his hand on something like you can't deny that All right you can't deny that there are people flocking to this man what does All that right. mean well scripture didn't tell us so we can talk about it for a little bit but at the end of the day People want to see who this Jesus guy is and the Lord has his hand on it and we can see it littered through scripture, you know, and then we can continue to learn from that. And so I think that's where we need to look at this topic and then what you glean from that and where you come from that is, I think it is important to know where you stand on this because I think this topic tells us a lot about who we are and who God is and anything that tells us more of who we are and who God is, I think is going to be really important no matter what. It's just when we're... (laughs) You know, if we're going to have a this face-to-face conversation with a brother, okay, so what if they're a Calvinist? They've probably got some, and us, we've all got some real deep issues that we got to work through and some really cool things that are going on right. like that the words work through. Like, we need to be going through those things instead of just 
pounding at each other over needless conversations that aren't that shouldn't you know affect how we're going to actually do our do our ministry together right i think what you said there was key it's that we should we should have a position it's it's kind of like eschatology kind of like our you know our end times what we think is going to happen with the end times we need to have a position that position can be no position if it's a justified yeah yeah, if, if you if you know that you you don't have a position because you've read enough and it doesn't seem like any of the positions are quite right i mean that's kind of where we're at with this yeah. But it, you, as long as we as we have enough understanding of of God's word and who God is to have a position, fall fall where you're where you may. As long as we understand that God is sovereign, He's in control, and that He gave us the the free will to be able to sin, and we did, and we do. Yeah. And then He made a way through Jesus. Like that's that's as long as you agree with that, I I could really care less where you stand on this topic, and that's the way it should be so yeah well thanks becca for writing in and uh predestining us to uh free willy this one and uh <laughs> <laughs> that makes it sound kind of bad <laughs> oh, yeah, <I> did. <laughs> <laughs> oh my word we're just gonna end it right there thanks for listening kind of free willy that one <laughs> Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this podcast of Dummies with Wisdom. To give us comments, ask questions, or submit pictures of other dummies you find in the wild, email us at dummieswithwisdom at outlook.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dummieswithwisdom. 